it's very humbling to be able to share time with you and to learn more intensively and in, obviously in the lead up to our conversation about the work you've done and, and the outlook you've brought to it. I mean, that was, I mean, I think a, it's fundamental to the, to the outcomes, but it's what really makes a punch. I think it's that social connection bit and the cultural connection bit that weaves the whole shebang together. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you a little story. When I finished at Niger and was winding up, I had some Canadian visitors and um, we, we went out to visit a village. They wanted to see the work. And, you know, normally I just go straight to the field and, and grab a few villagers to sh come and show and tell. Uh, something got into me this day and we sat under the tree. And, you know, whenever you do that in Africa, a crowd forms. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And I, I asked them, what's the most significant thing that the project I was involved in has brought to your village? And the cogs were turning over and I was thinking, you know, they talk about famine relief, lives were saved after all. Or they talk about the well we were able to dig for them because the women were walking many kilometres for water. Or perhaps, you know, we introduced improved cook stoves that use less fuel, um, cassava, so on and so forth. And, mm. and perhaps they would talk about the trees because it had been turned to a moonscape, from a moonscape to productive land. You know, they didn't mention anything like that, not one. And, and initially, I was a little bit crestfallen. Oh, I failed for 17 years here and haven't done anything. <laughs> but they said, Mr. Tony, before we were nothing and nobody, the only time we saw, all that we saw of our village chief was the dust from his um, Land Rovers. He raced through our village. The only time we saw the government authorities was when the foresters come to fine us for cutting down a tree. And all that we know about the world is what we hear on the BBC, House of Language BBC. We're nothing. And he said, your project has made us known and it's given us our dignity. They, they didn't use those words dignity, but what they were yeah. articulating was we're important. We're, we're human beings like the rest of civilization, and we have a contribution to make. And that was such a powerful lesson to me. You know, you, you go to all the textbooks on for, creating a, a project proposal and drawing up a log frame. They'll never talk about dignity and people finding happiness and joy and relations improving. That was the guts of the success. It wasn't about the trees at all. That was almost a side event, the bringing people together, using their creativity to collaborate in this grand project to restore what was lost. That was the secret. <laughs> yes, that is really something, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think we've got it here in Australia, the land care movement, and there would be, there would be flashpoints where, where this has happened. And, at that time, in that place, it just worked. The right people in the right circumstances and it galvanised people and magic happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in your time in Niger, did you pick up the local language? Oh, yeah. Right from the start, I was determined. And in fact, um, I broke the rules because we, we had a, our organisation had a French um, director at that time. And up until I arrived, everybody had to do French study. And I said, look, I've only got a few months until the guy I'm taking over from leaves. 
I have to be proficient in the local language. <laughs> and it was the best thing. I didn't need to go through interpreters. And um, you could use idioms and proverbs that speak louder than, you know, a, a formula-type language. You, you could go right to the heart. And even if people, they didn't get the tree thing, just the humour and the, hmm. oh, he gets our culture. <laughs> It, it brought people on the journey. It was amazing. If any listeners are going to do work in a developing country or another community, to the degree possible, learn the language. I learned the Hausa languages, which is like the, the trade language for a number of cultural groups. So I, I worked directly. And th this was quite unusual. Most expatriates, not, not the missionaries that were in my team, they learned the language, but most expatriate groups come in and often work through an interpreter. And, you know, already you're, you're different. These, these are the, the Nasara, the people who conquered us. Yeah. <laughs> these are the white people. But when you learn the language and you eat the food and go into their huts and, 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 and be with them the way they live, you know, not that I lived in, in the villages, but I visited in the villages, it, it just breaks down so many barriers. Can you welcome them to this podcast, the people you're with? So, Sanuda Zua, Maraba, Inajindatin Ganinku, Mungori Kwarai. So, greetings are coming. You're most welcome. And I, I thank you for coming. <laughs> that is beautiful.